Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman. Hey, that's me. Good evening, race fans, and from behind the glass, welcome to another two hours of motorsports conversation here on the Performance Motorsports Network. As always, my name is Jacob Seelman, managing editor at RaceChaserOnline.com, where we give you your motorsports, your way, Every day, and we have had a lot of it over the past, oh, about five days, courtesy of the annual Performance Racing Industry, or PRI, trade show that we are going to talk about right here. Before we talk about it, I will introduce my cast of thousands, also known as Tom Baker, our fearless leader and the creator of RaceChaserOnline.com, as well as one of our Midwest writing correspondents, Cisco Scaramuza, joining us at the roundtable via the Race Chaser Skype line. And gentlemen, it's been a busy news week since, oh, about last Thursday when the PRI show opened... I'm going to start with something that didn't come out, per se, at the PRI show, but it's basically our top story, and it's supposed to be officially official, as we say in the industry, sometime tomorrow. Motorsport.com via Jim Utter reporting that John Hunter Nemechek, who has been relentlessly teasing us for, oh, about the last two weeks now going to be going part-time to Chip Ganassi Racing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series for the 2018 season, sharing a car, fighting for the owner's championship alongside Kyle Larson. And, well, Tom, if you can't run for a championship, I'd say this is a pretty darn close second. Tyler Reddick proved this car is a winner. He has proven that Chip Ganassi Racing has speed no matter which car they brought to the racetrack because the second car this year with Brennan Poole, which is not expected to return to the Ganassi stable in 18, almost made the championship four. If you're John Hunter, you got to be loving life right now. That's all I got to say. Live from my jet-powered bar stool inside the Race City USA PMN Studios, This story interests me for two reasons. The first reason is because it's about time John Hunter Nemechek got a promotion. The second reason is it's one of the only non-RCR related stories on the Newswire right now. This show brought to you by (laughs) Richard Childress Racing. Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, RCR making some moves here. We're going to get to all of that shortly. I've really been blown away by the amount of news that's come out of that organization over the last uh, several days. You know, John Hunter Nemechek and Chip Ganassi Racing really is, to me, the perfect marriage. You are correct in that the 42 is a winning race car. Not only has Tyler Reddick demonstrated that, but this young Alex Bowman kid did as well. And I think, and, and Larson's won races in it, I think that John Hunter as a whole is not only the right choice at the right time, but I think the family lineage can't be denied here, Cisco. This is one of those things that just feels like it was meant to be. Joe Nemechek once drove for Felix Sabatis, who is still a minority owner in that Chip Ganassi racing organization, and he drove the car number 42. So, Cisco, you can see where this is going. Um, John Hunter Nemechek 
in the 42, a number that his dad raised for Sabatis at a time when he's really kind of peaked in the truck series, I think, with the equipment they have. I don't think you're going to get a much bigger season out of that Nemechek organization in the truck series than what they've had this year. John Hunter getting that truck into the playoffs and really putting on a great performance for most of the season, Cisco. Now he gets a shot at Xfinity with what I think is the perfect team. And I look ahead and say, there's your replacement for Jamie McMurray whenever Jamie decides to step away from that seat. And I also see this, Tom, as the beginning of Team Chevrolet in a way. And it's something that I've brought up once or twice in the fact that we've seen TRD with several of their developmental drivers through KBM, through TRD. We saw Ford do it now with the closing of BKR. We've seen all these drivers coming in and immediately comes to mind is Kaz Grala now kind of coming into this fold of just Ford Ford racing, putting drivers together. And now we're starting to see Chevrolet do it. So this, at least I'm seeing lines starting to be drawn between the teams. Is it the same as what TRD JGR and all of the groups in that? I don't think it's that strong, Tom, but, it needs to start happening, I think, if if this GM team yes. need to get there. You hit the point right at the end. I'm not sure you can say this is the beginning of Team Chevrolet, but I think it ought to be. I mean, again, we talk about Richard Childress Racing. We'll get to their news and more news and even more news as we go forward in the show. But Richard Childress Racing has a good crop of young racers now. And Hendrick Motorsports has got... Tyler Reddick over there now. And I think this situation for Chip Ganassi, Jacob, is really perfect. Now, the other piece of this that intrigues me is that if you believe what you read today, there's going to be one car and one car only in the Xfinity series out of the Ganassi shop. That means Brennan Poole and DC Solar are no longer going to be a part of that organization, which we've heard previous to this but it hasn't been confirmed until today again if you believe what you read and what interests me about that is that the rumor a little while back that keeps sort of simmering beneath the surface here is that dc solar and brendan Poole are going from ganassi to rcr to the cup series so even this could end up being an rcr news story in part jacob Yeah, I know. That's what makes this so scary. Like we said, this hour of the show brought to you by Richard Childress Racing. It's going to feel like it by the time we're done. (laughs) But let's talk about how this could set off the rest of the domino chain for a minute. Because I think even though, like you said, Tom, it's been simmering beneath the surface for a little while, you can't understate the possibility of Brennan Poole and DC Solar to the 27 cup car for Richard Childress. And I mean, Brennan Poole's done everything but make the championship four in his two seasons with Ganassi at the Xfinity level. There's not much more besides walk away with a championship, really, that Brennan Poole has to prove. He's been competitive. He's been in contention to win many races. He's shown that he knows how to take care of the equipment, and he's shown he knows how to play on the big stage and is capable of playing on the big stage. Plus, 
I heard some of the rumblings back when this was first really kind of in the mainstream uh, front of everybody's minds, Tom, that this was possibly a case where DC Solar really wanted to go cup racing right now, and they were trying to find the best avenue to be able to do that. So it's kind of an interesting scenario, but certainly RCR could use a little bit of sponsorship influx with having lost Menards and having lost well, Ream. I mean, this if that portion, the pool portion, works out, it can only help. Well, it can only help, but again, you have to be careful when when you talk about, well, they could use some sponsorship influx. It takes X amount of dollars to compete at the highest level with a team. So we don't know. I mean, the only way it helps the organization beyond that team is if the sponsorship is actually uh, for a higher number than what it takes to successfully operate that particular race team. But you're right. For an organization that has lost both Ream and Menards in the last 30 to 60 days, They're certainly looking like an organization who's building for the future. But I want to stick with John Hunter for a minute and and talk about this story more because John Hunter Nemechek to me is a young driver who represents a second generation racer who does not come from a bunch of money and has had to work his butt off in order to get to the level he's at and maintain that level. And I would also argue that this is perfect timing because if you think about the whole situation that happened in Canada with John Hunter and Cole, you look at the situation of how far his stock probably fell after that off some people's list. He's rebuilt all that. And He really performed magnificently in the closing races of the season this year. I think this is John Hunter's time, and I think he'll step into the 42 if, in fact, that's what we find out tomorrow. I think he'll step into that car and go out and run up front, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him competing for the win at Daytona. I wouldn't either, but that also is contingent on him racing the car at Daytona. Let's just well, of be course, clear yeah, that. that's exactly right. Because it's not a full time ride. But my point is, I don't think there's going to be much of an adjustment period here. The Xfinity cars, from what a lot of people say, are actually easier to drive in a lot of ways than the trucks. So I would expect that John Hunter will adapt just fine, and he'll be right in the thick of things almost from day one in in the car. And I think this is a great pairing. And I think it's a pairing that probably solidifies Chip's two-car cup lineup for the future. Uh, Because, again, I would see John Hunter as the heir apparent to Jamie McMurray when Jamie decides to retire. You know, then you got two guys, Kyle Larson and John Hunter Nemechek, that could very well be around for a good while in those two cars. Cisco, I want to make a point here really quickly for you, Cisco, in the fact that I do love this pairing, not just for the people it brings together, but for even the part-time aspect of it. I think it's going to be a good thing for John Hunter in the fact that he doesn't necessarily have to have the pressure for a year of worrying about fighting for a championship and really even worrying whether they're going to keep the doors open. With this situation, all the pressure's off, and he can just go out and focus on winning some races. Yeah, and that's going to be a huge help for for JHN because he's gone through that stress of, are we going to be able to make it to next week? Yeah, we're doing well, but are we doing well enough? 
and all the stress that comes with being a smaller team. So much as Tom alluded to earlier, everything just seems to fit very well, and he's going, I guess, back home in a way to uh, to Chip Ganassi. Yes, he is. And with that, we are going to take our first break of the evening. When we come back, we have a whole lot more news, and uh, we'll be talking a a lot more about Richard Childress Racing coming up in just a couple of minutes. Right now, you're listening to Motorsports Madness here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. That's hilarious, because I honestly did not plan that, but appropriate that a incoming 
Richard Childress Racing Driver brings us back into a segment where basically all the news that we're going to talk about is Richard Childress Racing related. With all that said, this is Motorsports Madness. I'm Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker and Cisco Scaramuza inside the Race City USA PMN studios broadcasting from Mooresville, North Carolina. And we are talking all things motorsports here on this show with a heavy dose in this segment on RCR. Because as we said during our open, they've been in the news a lot lately, Tom. But before we get to all of that, I know one of the big bullet points from our opening segment when we were talking about John Hunter Nemechek was the fact that even though he is leaving the Nemco Motorsports Truck Series team to go, we believe, to Chip Ganassi Racing in the Xfinity Series, he will, con- uh, sorry, Nemco Motorsports will continue to field a truck in the Truck Series, we believe, for 2018, which is good news. Well, it is good news. They're looking for a driver and they're looking for sponsorship, obviously, but I would guess that perhaps you may see John Hunter play a little bit in the truck as well. But um, I think they're looking for a driver, certainly for the bulk of the season, or maybe a full-time effort if they can find the right situation. But yeah, that team wants to continue. I think I saw a couple of people speculating that maybe Joe would would drive the truck, but I don't really think Joe has any ambitions of running, at least not full-time anymore. Uh, but I guess we'll wait and see on that. Yeah, I had heard, Cisco, that if they're going to continue the truck team, that they are in the process of seeking out driver or drivers with some funding for 2018, which certainly makes sense. I mean, there were times this year that they were certainly cash-strapped, to say it uh, for lack of a better word, and, you know... I know they're in a situation where they need it right now, but at the very least, I hope that we see that eight truck continue in some capacity because they've been such a mainstay in the truck series for so long. This goes back to our whole discussion about how many trucks are going to be in the truck series next year. Yes. So we can we can sort of put the eight on the board, sort of, kind of, because we know they'll be around. We just don't know what that's going to completely look like. And I don't think even they know what that's going to completely look like. So Tom, this goes back to the same discussion that we have where it's, we're sitting here looking at the truck series, wondering who all's actually going to be here and who's fielding trucks and who's not fielding trucks. Well, yes. The thing about this is too, that intrigues me. What if we could turn the eight truck into some sort of a, development truck for the 482 Xfinity or, or Chip Ganassi racing in general, and maybe find somebody who could get in and follow in John Hunter's footsteps, because I'm sure that either in 19 or in 20, depending on when Jamie McMurray is ready to step out of the seat, you're going to see John Hunter Nemechek in it. So they're going to need somebody to jump into that 42 Xfinity car at that point if they're still fielding it so I would think it would be kind of fun if we could find a driver that could be someone who may be that person in a year or two who could step into that uh, 42 car and form some sort of an alliance there because that also may 
help with the sponsorship piece of it too, Jacob. Oh, without question. And I think those are all questions that we kind of have to wait and see what the first part of this announcement is before we can really speculate on some of the rest of it. But I'm excited, certainly wishing all parties well, and we will eagerly await the announcement coming in about 24 hours or less. Here comes the RCR news. Yeah. Here comes the RCR news as we transition into the rest of this segment. Where do we want to start, Tom? Oh, I know. Let's start from the top. The worst-kept secret in the garage area for about, oh, two months is finally officially official. Richard Petty Motorsports is moving to Welcome, North Carolina, and as Richard said on Twitter the other day, welcome to Welcome. They're literally going to be on the corner of the RCR campus for 2018. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that's the way Richard Petty put it, something to that effect of uh, they're going to be uh, adjacent to the campus or something. Um, That way Richard can kick them out if uh, we do something too bad. Yeah, I think this is really an interesting, in fact, everything that RCR has done or announced over the last few days has been very interesting and intriguing in the sense that I think they are doing some very unique things, and this is one of them. Now, the cynics, I know, the cynics are going to say neither team is a championship team. This isn't going to matter. It's just going to be more of the same from both of them. I couldn't disagree more. This is a perfect alliance. Number one, it brings together two of the biggest icons in the history of NASCAR, Two of the original Southern gentlemen, you've got the King, you've got Richard Childress Racing. How many championships between them? 14. Uh, You've got Bubba Wallace now. You've got Ty and Austin Dillon, who are both, again, Southern gentlemen who are very marketable. You've, You've got a pack of young drivers at RCR with Matt Tift and Daniel Hemrick, who are also on the rise and you've now got the opportunity to field up to eight cars between the two of them in cup should the sponsorship be there the situation be right to do that and you've got a whole lot of appeal for wall street here i would think of course bubba wallace coming in to drive the 43 as you know the first african-american to compete full-time in cup since Wendell Scott and someone again who is as marketable and approachable and likable as anyone in the sport this to me Jacob is a recipe for future success they're going to work together from a technology standpoint I have to believe that there could be a lot of very original sponsorship situations between these two teams where you could see sponsors going across both of them perhaps because that's what they're trying to do is they're working together to position both of their teams for wins and championships and i think it's great i think it's a good opportunity for the petty team and hello chevrolet just like cisco said earlier let's get this all together shall we let's look at toyota's model and let's let's all work together don't just be a hendrick manufacturer let's let's all work together so that everybody can benefit from this because if chevrolet with all of the 
the power and the experience and the marketability that goes across all of those major teams that we just talked about. Good grief, Jacob. The potential here would be enormous. It really would be. And by the way, somewhere Lee Petty is rolling in his grave, Tom. Try 16 championships between oh, RPM well, was, and RCR. I was just talking about Richard and Richard, but yeah, you're right. You'd have to include reason there too. Yeah, it's okay. We forgive you. Cisco, I'm excited about this, and not just because Bubba Wallace gets back with Chevrolet where he's had plenty of success and the Camaro looks absolutely sick for 2018. I'm with Tom. This is some really, really good stuff right here, and I think it has so much upside potential for 2018. Absolutely, and... This is now going to be the third team on RCR's campus because Cowlick's been there. RCR obviously is there, and now RPM's going to be there. So that's three teams now there. And uh, maybe we'll throw in a fourth, but uh, Richard better start renting out some more land space because he's running out of space to put all these race teams that he has. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, Cowlick's an Xfinity team. But, yeah, I see what you're saying, and I think you have to include them, Jacob. But it, to me, the whole idea of – of Petty and Childress working together in any form or fashion. And if they, if they do work together in a marketing sense, I just see a ton of possibility here. I would tend to agree with that. And I would hope there's marketing possibility. If you've got Bubba Wallace on board, I mean, come on now, let's just be realistic here. This driver should and I would argue will be a marketing machine the minute somebody finally wakes up, realizes it, and jumps on board. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I mean, I really feel like this is an opportunity for somebody to be creative because between Bubba and the two Southerners, the two Richards, you know, putting them together in commercials, that kind of thing, the possibilities that exist are are just infinite to make it funny and entertaining and i i just really somebody has got to figure all this out and make something of it because i think that's obviously the sponsorship is the key to the performance level for both teams and we know that childress has lost a couple and petty is gaining them but not full season yet so hopefully there will be some things coming down the pike here that uh, could be creative because I think if the right agency or the right company got a hold of both of these teams and started cross-marketing, I just think there could be some real entertainment value there. I would agree. Really quickly, since we're talking about marketing and sponsorship, we can throw in the RCR sponsorship announcement that came out today, Tom, that Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's, who Bass Pro bought back in September, are going to be the co-primary sponsors on a couple of RCR cars in 2018, starting with Ryan Newman's Cup car at the Daytona 500 and continuing for select races thereafter during the season. And they're also going to sponsor the Dillon Brothers in the Xfinity number 3 car for a handful of races in 2018. And this is the part I'm happiest about, They're not using a neon orange-themed paint scheme on the RCR cars. (laughs) We can actually easily tell them apart from Martin Truex. Yay! Yeah, I actually like the paint schemes that they're using on the children's cars. I I think that scheme is a very sharp-looking scheme, more or less the Cabela's livery 
as you say, and and I think it's a nice change, and I'm glad to see that Bass Pro is a company who sees past the whole team loyalty thing and instead more focuses on drivers as their choices and sort of brand ambassador kind of. And I again, I think we need more of that in the sport. I think the idea that you should only sponsor one team or be in one organization, I think it's high time that these some of these companies started looking at drivers more so than teams and really realizing that you can have more than one. I think this has been great. Bass Pro's done this before. It's not the first time we've seen it. I think think this is going to be fun. And it's again, this is an example of something that um, could be good for RCR. And who knows, maybe at some point we can get RPM in on that. We might hope we we might hope. And with that, we are going to step aside, and I'll just add the aside that you can, I think, thank Johnny Morris for his loyalty to the drivers that Bass Pro has backed over the years. Johnny's been yeah, such a big sure. part of it with Truex and so many of the others. We'll be back with more Motorsports Madness in a couple of minutes. You're listening to the show here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking with a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively summit point motorsports parks drift nirvana is just the thing for you call for your reservation today 304-725-8444 or for more information go online summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com drift nirvana getting you sideways the right way HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive.
arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Let's throw the green for Open Wheel Central on Motorsports Madness. Now back to the round table and Jacob Seelman. It's been a while since we've been able to use that. Welcome back to the Madness here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and Cisco Scaramuza with you on this edition of Motorsports Madness. And we are talking open wheel racing right now, of which, surprisingly, Tom... I would argue the most notable story out of the Verizon IndyCar series is not the one where we're adding a driver for six races in 2018, but rather the shock that for the first time in his American open-wheel career, Marco Andretti is going to be driving a car that is not wholly owned by Andretti Autosport. He'll be trading... I guess, numbers, seats, what have you, but he'll be swapping with Alexander Rossi and going to the Andretti slash Brian Herta number 98 car for the 2018 season, which at first glance I go, okay, this is interesting, and at second glance I ask myself, okay, so is this really going to fix the problem here? Well, I remember David Letterman years ago on his late night show used to have a segment called, Is This Anything? And he and Paul Schaefer would play and the they would open the, the curtain or the stage, whatever, and some weird thing would happen and they would decide if it was anything or not. And I kind of feel like that's what this segment could be. Is this anything? And the answer is, in my opinion, yes, I think it's something. I just don't think it's much. What it is, is it's basically Brian Herta going back to Brian Herta's number, more in line with the team he brought into the Andretti fold, and taking Marco with him, whom he strategized for all year last year. And Marco was much happier with him than with Michael as a strategist. Can, can you imagine that scenario, Jacob? I mean, I can't imagine why that would be the truth. How many drivers like their dads making the calls for them, after all? <laughs> Just ask Graham and Bobby Rahal. Sure. A- among many others, most others, in fact. I don't know too many drivers who even like their fathers to spot for them. But it's a situation where I think this is more of an organizational move to just sort of put it back the way it should be, Brian Herta doing Brian Herta's 98 car, and we're going to just bring Marco over there because I don't think they're swapping crews, at least from what I read in the release. It sounds like it's just Marco and Brian going over to the 98 car 
or numbering the car 98, whatever the case is. And then, of course, uh, Rossi going over to Marco's ride and driving his car number. I, I don't see this as being much of a big deal. Maybe only in Marco's mind if it's some sort of a mental confidence boost that, hey, I'm kind of getting a little further away from Dad. Well, exactly. And Cisco. Maybe it is a good thing. Maybe it is the mental change and shift in scenery that Marco needs to finally break out of that shadow just a little bit and you know be able to do what he feels like he should always have been able to do in IndyCar. If I was feeling optimistic about it, I would agree with you. But it, then I point to the years of race results and go, uh, well, nah. I like the move. I think, yes, a change of scenery does help. But I'm not buying it, Jacob. Marco, for me, hasn't been at that top tier since 2006. And I really don't think him going over to the 98 is going to change anything. It's, I think that ship has long since sailed. Wow. <sighs> this is a tough thing for me, Jacob, because I just can't really... I don't want to think that Marco just can't drive. But he's certainly struggled for several years now, and I want to believe that maybe this situation, like I said, mentally might do something to wake him up again and maybe get him. I mean, look, the car did win an Indy 500, so. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I really wish the best for Marco, and I want to see him do well. So I hope this works out for both drivers in the organization because, gosh, I mean, Marco's just been down for a while now. He really has been, and like you said, I think we're all hoping, and Marco's hoping too, that this does something to make it a little bit better in 2018, because I'm not sure what else you can try. Quite frankly, I mentioned the other piece of news off the top, and we'll get to it now. Michael Shank Racing, after debuting as a tandem with Andretti Autosport in the uh, 2017 Indianapolis 500 co-entrant I think was the word I was looking for is going to be a co-entrant again he is going to enter Jack Harvey in six races for 2018 including St. Petersburg Sonoma and the 2018 Indianapolis 500 and he's doing it with the other team oh by the way that Jack Harvey drove for in 2017, being Schmidt Peterson Motorsports, from whom they will get technical support. It's basically a third SPM car just running part-time. I've thought the world of Jack Harvey's driving ability ever since he finished second in Indy Lights twice. This is great. This is another young guy getting a chance. He's not American, but he's almost American. I mean, he, he's British. <laughs> British is kind of sort of <laughs> close to American. American. <laughs> it's great, though, seriously. And Michael Shank is as American as you come. I mean, I love this move, and Michael Shank loves the IndyCar series. What's not to like? I, I think I'm more Irish than he is American. But anyway, I, you know, I, being honest, I love seeing Michael Shank in IndyCar. I have a great deal of respect for what Michael Shank has accomplished I think he's a very good businessman. He's been a terrific part of the sports car scene for how many years now? I mean, he's wanted to get into IndyCar. I think this is an opportunity to let him dabble. And it 
gives Schmidt Peterson away to bring Jack Harvey into the fold or keep him there, I guess. And the idea that Shank could start as a part-time team and then Jacob, if they can find enough funding, go full-time at any point from the start of the season to maybe even 19 is certainly there. I mean, I think this is an awesome announcement and I like the fact that we're still adding teams to the IndyCar lineup. Even as we get into the holiday season, the number of teams getting into the IndyCar series is still increasing. We need that. Yes, we do need that. And not just from a team standpoint. Cisco, the good news is here is AutoNation and SiriusXM, sponsors who have been big backers of Jack Harvey for quite some time, yes. they've never been full-time sponsors or even close to it in the Verizon IndyCar Series. They see, though, the value that they got of running Harvey at the Indianapolis 500, and they want more of that. There is still value in this series. It just takes the right companies to dig it out, and I love that AutoNation and SiriusXM are committed to this kid. We need need more of that too yes and if they're committed to him and they back him full time that also increases harvey's ability to go out and find a full-time ride that he might be able to race next year and i am a-okay with that especially if it puts jack harvey in competitive equipment to go out and win a championship yes please now i want to add to this that let's keep in mind Jack Harvey ran for Sam Schmidt, so there's the tie-in back in Indy Lights. He was a Schmidt driver, so it's cool. And Sam, at the press conference over the weekend at PRI, Tom, I watched some of the video, was super excited to have Jack back. They think so highly of him, and you know some of the engineers over at Schmidt-Peterson actually worked with Harvey back when he was in Indy Lights. So this is really kind of one big happy reunion union for all of them and I don't feel like I'm overstepping too far to say that he contends for a top five at some point during his six race run this year yeah I mean I think that is a realistic possibility and I also understand why they were so excited and I think again anytime you can add to your organization and get someone with the talent that he has, this is a good thing. But adding someone like Michael Shank into your organization is also nothing but a good thing and something that certainly could be built upon going forward. And again, it's good for the series, I think. And this is, I mean, it's great news. I just love seeing new teams come into the series. And I love, as you said, that these sponsors are starting to find some value in it because I do think that it is a good value proposition right now for the right company. IndyCar cannot generate the kind of marketing dollars that, say, a, a top cup team can. But certainly... I think it is a more realistic value proposition for a lot of companies. And I still think it's some of the best racing going on on the planet. So, you know, to me, this is nothing but a good thing. 
It's a great thing, and we're going to take that great thing, and we're going to roll right on to brake, and we're going to shift gears to the dirt form of open-wheel racing when we come back and hear from a driver who, though he spent his time competing in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series this season, is keeping his ties very strong to his roots in dirt track racing. Chase Briscoe, you'll hear from him after the break here on Motorsports Madness. You're listening to PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it! Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Madness here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. As Noah Gregson said, we are having some fun tonight. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza with you around the roundtable. And Tom, since Noah brought us back from break, before we get into our interview this segment, I want to take a minute to nod to the fact that Noah did something really cool today that cropped up on Twitter after uh, he won at Martinsville 
this fall, he has taken to giving his entire number 18 team at Kyle Busch Motorsports an early Christmas present. He reportedly bought every single one of them a replica Ridgeway grandfather clock, just like the one that he won for winning the race. To me, for an 18-year-old kid to think that highly of his crew and go out and do that, that's cool. Did he buy them all grandfather clocks or granddaddy watches? Because I just got to make sure. Um, that's amazing. I mean, what a gesture. And it shows you the type of character that Noah Gregson is. And I think, again, when we talk about young drivers who have very bright futures in this sport, Noah Gregson is near the top of that list in the KBM organization right now. But you know that he's being groomed for a position in the JGR organization somewhere. Uh, Interesting to think about that you've basically got Denny Hamlin and you've got Kyle Busch over there who are going to at some point get out of the seat, not for a while probably, but when you look at the Christopher Bells and some of the other drivers that Toyota's got and they keep signing more, you know, there are only four cars in that JGR organization. So yeah. eventually Furniture Row Racing may have to re-expand. But the interesting thing about Noah Gregson to me is here's a kid from the West Coast who we've known since he was barely getting into K&N. And here he is in trucks and he wins a truck race at Martinsville and buys his entire team replica grandfather clocks. I mean, it's not even a cup win or even an Xfinity Series win. It's a truck win, and he rewards them all with grandfather clocks. That is not going to do a single thing to diminish the appeal that Noah Gregson has, not only to fans, but to potential sponsors as well, you know, who who see that kind of a gesture and, and that kind of selflessness that's what people look for to work with in business. And so that that's leadership quality right there. Yes, it is. And it's we're awesome. going to shift gears now and talk about another one of Noah's Truck Series brethren. I referenced him before our last break. Got a chance to catch up with Chase Briscoe during the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and NASCAR Xfinity Series Awards Night over the weekend at the NASCAR Hall of Fame down in Charlotte. And this was fun because if you were watching Race Chaser online earlier today or on Facebook or on Twitter, you would see that we had an exclusive story from Chase Briscoe in the fact that he, Tom, is expanding his open-wheel dirt team that had predominantly done midget racing and a little bit of non-wing 410 sprint car racing this year. He's going full-bore non-wing and wing 410 sprint car racing in 2018, plus the midget that he was already doing. And oh, by the way, he's racing the midget this weekend indoors at DeCoin. This is big. I mean, Chase came from dirt open-wheel racing. This is his passion. This is his roots. But he's giving another young kid in Logan Seavey a chance. I love this, and I appreciate what Chase is doing. The grassroots revival is real. It is, and I like to see here again, just like with Noah, he's barely into NASCAR's National Series. He's already doing what good cup drivers should do. Uh, I see the same in Chase. 
you know, he's barely into his own NASCAR career, and here he is already starting his own team and giving another young driver, he, Logan Seavey, an opportunity he's giving back to the sport. And I love seeing that. And Logan is a real talent. This is a kid who has all the earmarks of a champion at a very high level. And I love the fact that this is going to be one of those situations where maybe we have a driver in Logan who does the whole dirt to NASCAR path, or maybe he doesn't. And maybe he stays in dirt and makes a big name for himself over there. But I just, I love this kind of thing. It's the same as what we're going to talk about a little bit later, more of Richard Childress kind of stuff, and even Ryan Newman getting involved in something. You know, I love seeing this because we're allowing more young dirt drivers to get opportunities to have better equipment and better resources. Yes, we are. And I don't want to let us talk any longer and take away from what Chase said, so we're just going to let you hear from him Let's and do it. hear the whole cut of Chase Briscoe's announcement from over the weekend here at the banquet in Charlotte. Tracking Chase Briscoe down has been a fun task lately. Turkey night, now DeCoin upcoming, and then, of course, the big one for you in January, the Chili Bowl. So you're keeping exceptionally busy despite it supposedly being the off season. Uh, you know, it's been fun to be you, though, lately, especially with your own car now to do all this stuff. Yeah, it's definitely been fun. It's been busy, to say the least, too. We, uh, like I said, Turkey night, going out to California, coming back, and then PRI show, and now the banquet, and DuCoin next week. We, uh, we've definitely been busy. Got a lot of stuff going on with our own sprint car team, too. So uh, expanding into two more wing cars, two more non-wing cars, and the midget, too. So we're going to be pretty busy with a lot of different drivers. And we're looking forward to it. But, yeah, looking forward to, obviously, Ducoin next week. That's one of my favorite races of the year. And then, obviously, Chili Bowl is kind of the, the big one of all of them. So really excited to get going there and try to make a little bit of improvements to our car over the off season. So uh, we'll see how it ends up. Talk a little bit about the expansion, uh, what you can talk about right now, at least, kind of what's gone into it. And uh, if you are eyeing any drivers, I mean, this has got to be a great opportunity for you. Yeah, for sure. You know, the biggest one, our, our main focus next year is going to be Logan Seavey. I think he's kind of the next up-and-coming guy, and uh, he'll be running for Keith Coons in the midget, and then he'll run our wing and non-wing sprint car probably 40 or so times. And then, uh, like I said, building two wing cars, I'm going to try to run 20, 25 sprint car races, wing and non-wing next year. And then uh, if we get the cars built, we'll be at Volusia. I think Bell's going to drive them at Volusia. So uh, we got pretty much the best of the best we can buy, and uh, we'll see if they run as good as they look. What did you see in Logan that really drew you to get him on board with this deal? Yeah, first off, he's just a good kid, and uh, I've known Logan for probably four or five years racing online with him, and it's crazy how much now the sim world kind of, you know, translates over to the real-life world, and, you know, this year he got his first real opportunity in a midget and won the Power National Championship and won quite a few races, and uh, he came and ran our sprint car one night and was phenomenal in it, so it was kind of a no-brainer to, to get him over there, and then obviously we're still Thomas Meserol here and there whenever Logan's busy, and going to try to get maybe Dave Darling to come run a couple times, so it'll be a fun year, a couple of different drivers, a couple of different seat swaps, but uh, Logan will definitely be the main focus, and hopefully uh, we can get him to this level. Talk a little bit about how special Chili Bowl is from an event standpoint, and you know, you've had the opportunity to race it, and it's just one of those things where you, I guess in a way, you ha- kind of have to experience it, don't you, in order to really know what all goes into not just racing it, but being
being a part of it. Yeah, you know, just as a fan, just going is, is one thing, but being a part of it and being, you know, part of the feature is just another thing. So there's a lot, you know, there's guys that build one race car all year long just for the Chili Bowl, and, you know, there's the Snowball Derby and those races, but to me, you know, nothing compares to the Chili Bowl. You got 380 cars going for 24 spots, and it seems like, you know, it's hard to make the show, but the same guys make it, it seems like, every year. So uh, it's definitely a big deal to go there and just make the race, but uh, we definitely want to run a little bit better than what we did last year. But, uh, you know, if we can just go back and make the show two years in a row, I think that's saying a lot, especially with, you know, we don't really run midgets that often. So uh, we'll see what we can do when we get there, though. Talk a little bit about, too, you've really been busy with Ford as far as uh, partial Xfinity program in the 60 car. And the big bomb that dropped was that you're going to be doing some road racing in the Continental Tire Series next year. That's going to be really new and different for you. Yeah, that'll be, uh, you know, all another learning curve to get thrown. And I think we're going to run 12 races total on the road course stuff. I think eight in IMSA and three or four in the Trans Am 2 stuff. So uh, we're going to be busy doing a lot of road course racing and something I've never really done in my life. So it's going to be good. I think, you know, obviously I would love to be in the full-time Xfinity deal, but, you know, big picture getting those road course experiences for down the road later in the year and, you know, for years to come is going to be huge. And uh, I know I get to run one of the Xfinity road course races. So hopefully, you know, the, the road course racing in the IMSA and Trans Am can kind of correlate over and can have some success in Xfinity. What are you most looking forward to about the Xfinity car? Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be fun. Obviously, from a competition standpoint, you're going to have Ty and Austin, and all of us know kind of what's at stake, so we're all going to be competing against each other. But, you know, I think we all still see the same goal, and we're going to be competing for our owner's championship, and it would be big to bring one to Roush again. So uh, I think it's going to be fun. You know, obviously, all three of us, I think Ty definitely has the most Xfinity experience, but we're going to be kind of a little bit behind experience-wise. we got Mike Kelly on the box, which I'm really looking forward to with his, you know, pass with Stenhouse and being a dirt sprint car guy. So I think it'll be fun. I don't know if I really have any expectations going into next year. I'm just going to try to go to the racetrack each and every week and run the best we can. And close it all up, how integral has Ford's support in everything you've been doing the last two years been in order to get to you to, to this point? Yeah, it's been huge. You know, for a, a manufacturer, I think, to have your back in the sports is probably the biggest thing you can have outside, you know, really of anything. I think the manufacturers kind of dictate your career or anything. So the, to be Ford's one and only guy and to have them, you know, let me do so many opportunities outside of even the NASCAR stuff. You know, there's stuff that goes all the way to, you know, road car testing, and even they're building me a midget motor for the Chili Bowl. So there's a lot that goes into it outside of the NASCAR stuff that I wouldn't get to do if I wasn't a Ford guy. So definitely uh, proud to be in the Blue Oval gang, and I hopefully can for the rest of my career. Oh, by the way, let's also add that no, you didn't hear him stutter. Ford working on the midget motor for the Chili Bowl, Tom, and I think really quickly before we go to break, it also deserves to be reminded that this is in addition to the, the fact that they're continuing work on the 410 sprint car motor for Tony Stewart Racing on the World of Outlaws Trail that is expected to debut sometime after the new year. So a well, lot, a lot of things going on in the Ford camp right now. Well, and you've got to wonder if this new venture of Chase Briscoe's with the sprint car team and such if there's not some sort of tie-in, even if it's only support, just encouragement for now, but if there isn't, could there be in the future some sort of a development aspect tied to all of this through Ford? So, you know, it's really interesting. Chase is in a very unique position, something I've never seen in a manufacturer-driver development scenario before where he's running such a mix of races, but I think it's great. It's going to be great experience for him. 
Yes, it is. We're halfway home in tonight's edition of Motorsports Madness, and we got a lot still to come. So hang tight, buckle in. We got one more hour coming up after this. You're listening to the Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. We're back here with the second half of Motorsports Madness. If you're just joining us, welcome. If you're still joining us, well, we're glad we haven't scared you off yet. Jacob Zielman alongside Tom Baker and Cisco Scaramuza around the round table, and we are broadcasting live from the Race City USA PMN studios in Mooresville, North Carolina. And right now, heading into talking about some dirt, transitioning to the dirt 
and normally we would have Steve Ovens with us. He is off tonight, a little under the weather, so I know somewhere he's out there in New York listening, and Steve, we hope you are back with us sooner rather than later before the end of the year here. Feel better, buddy. And we're going to talk in Steve's stead about the two big announcements that hit the dirt short track world over PRI, Tom. The first of which, not necessarily a surprise for those who know Ryan Newman's history in the sport. He was a former USAC Silver Crown champion before making a splash in the NASCAR stock car world. But Ryan returning to the USAC world, not necessarily as a driver, instead as a co-car owner alongside Tim Clawson and Richard Marshall as they launch a brand new USAC Sprint Car team for 2018 and sign Sunshine, Tyler Courtney, to drive the piece. I love this from all sides, not just because Tyler Courtney is an incredible race car driver and I've seen him do some things that are just not human over the course of this year, but to see Ryan Newman involved in short track racing again, and especially in USAC, where he was such an integral part uh, during his early racing career, it's just fantastic. It's great to see the Newman name back in USAC, frankly. Well, I agree, and I also like to point out one more time that, of course, Ryan Newman drives for Richard Childress Racing. So technically, this is yet another Richard Childress Racing news story. Uh, now, it's it's great for... Look, this is another one of these situations where, like Ricky Stenhouse, like Kyle Larson... Ryan Newman gets to bring a platform and a brand and a lot of relationships into this, not to mention his own knowledge of open wheel racing and the ability for him to get get around quick in those cars. I think this is a great deal for Tyler Courtney, and I think it's going to be a really good fit with Ryan and the other two owners, too. This... It's just so much fun to see these drivers get into other aspects of the sport, whether it's broadcasting or owning a track or whatever have you. And Ryan Newman continuing that line just by uh, getting involved with this team. And got to wonder if maybe we wouldn't see Ryan in a race or two out of this shop at some point down the road, maybe after his cup career is over. Now that would be fun to think about. Well, let's remind ourselves that Ryan Newman has annually run a couple of USAC Silver Crown races every year to keep his tie to the USAC world. And I joked, and maybe I should have meant it a little more seriously because the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, (laughs) you know, it's not out of the question. The three-year plan that Tim Clawson and Richard Marshall talked about over the course of the press conference at PRI was that they eventually wanted to expand into the other divisions of USAC after first building the program in the midget division, because that's what Brian and Tim had talked about before uh, Brian's untimely passing at the Belleville Midget Nationals. This was kind of the third year of that three-year plan, and it's not even year two yet, and here we are. So, you know, I could see a Silver Crown expansion 
in Kloss and Marshall Racing's future, and quite frankly, I've always believed at some point when Ryan Newman is done driving NASCAR, he would go back and drive USAC on a regular basis again. I could see the headlines now. 2019 USAC Silver Crown seat <laughs> opens for Ryan Newman at Kloss and Marshall Racing. If it happens, you can say you heard it here first, folks. I don't think Ryan Newman's quite ready to be done with the whole NASCAR thing yet. I was going to say. That I would, can dream, right? That would be yet another CR NASCAR news story. Uh, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I think at some point you're going to want Daniel Hemrick in a cup car if you're I Richard agree. Childress. And now you've got Matt Tift, who probably needs at least another year. But nonetheless, and of course, Childress has room to expand if the right situations fall into place. So it wouldn't necessarily mean that he'd have to go to the 31 and replace Newman. But, you know, you do have to wonder. I don't see Ryan Newman being one of these drivers who just hangs on in NASCAR to hang on. Much like Matt Kenseth, I think if Ryan can't, be in a car that he believes can run and win and be in the playoffs and contend for a championship, he would probably rather go back and play an open wheel. And I think he now is sort of planted a flag in that camp a little bit to say, this is what I'm into for the next number of years. And he'll stay in cup as long as he can do it at the level that he's doing it. So we'll see how that develops. I just think it'd be fun to see, Ryan back, uh, and I'd like to see him, honestly, in a sprint car. I think it'd be great to see him do some dirt track racing in the sprint car and even in the midget. Um, we'll have to see where all that goes. But, I again, I just love seeing all of this. This is great diversity for these guys, and it's good for the sport as a whole to see a lot of this cross-pollination with these guys. Because And it's good for marketability because, again, they have a brand and they have a bunch of business relationships. So who knows what comes from all of that. It's really good for, for that organization, for Claston Marshall, to have Ryan involved in it. Speaking of marketability... Richard Childress Racing, again. <laughs> Let's stay on this kick, shall we? Because Richard Childress yeah. Racing has inked an alliance for 2018. We don't know totally what all this entails, but the exact words of Brody Hayward, who's the co-owner of Dueling Hayward Motorsports, which for those who follow the USAC series regularly, is... Traditionally, the 63 team in which Brian Clawson formerly won a championship. Brady Bacon has won a couple of championships with this team. Richard Childress Racing is partnering with Dueling Hayward Motorsports for 2018 and beyond. And in the words of Brody Hayward, this is more than just a technical partnership, Tom. I believe it. And when you see that, oh, by the way, they also signed... Tanner Thorson, who's going to be joining us in a few minutes, to their midget program for 2018. This is about driver development. Boom. Yeah, and again, I think this is another sign. This is another piece to the puzzle of what I said earlier in the show, that Richard Childress, all of the stuff that RCR has done this is not stuff that's going to make a short-term difference necessarily in their performance and results. I do believe 
that these partnerships are unique. And I think this is the kind of thing that could make a big difference in the long term. Because, Cisco, if you look at this, you have a situation where you now have a clear path from that operation straight into NASCAR. And again, it opens up the possibility, uh, Jacob, that sponsors could filter down that pipeline and, and across as well. So again, it's just making themselves more marketable and adding more planets to their orbit, so to speak, for them to go out and try to put the right things together to improve their performance on the track. And not just that, but Cisco, I've been talking to a few people about this over the weekend, and we talked on this show before about how the Toyota development pipeline was getting clogged. It was getting over full. There were too many good young drivers in the pipeline. Tanner Thorson arguably was next in line to make the jump from the Toyota Dirt program, potentially to the NASCAR program. He had done some late model stuff this year. It was looking like maybe, but perhaps, and we'll hear from him in a few minutes, and perhaps he can enlighten us a little bit more. This is a way that Tanner saw uh, a faster path to NASCAR, so to speak. Perhaps he saw that there wasn't a clear path from where he was within Toyota's program over at Keith Coons Motorsports into the NASCAR world. And he said this was a change he felt like he needed to make. And I can't necessarily disagree with him. And this feels like, Jacob, to go back to our broader point about RCR and the clear path of development, this has a lot of kind of similar lines to what professional sports groups do all the time. Look at someone like the Chicago Cubs, for example, who after they were bought out, the the new owner and Tom Ricketts and everybody went and basically started from the bottom and built the program all the way to the top and used tools in development, not right. necessarily at the top yep. level, but started from the ground up building that program up. And we've seen TRD do it. We've seen Junior go out and hone, you know, the late model, something that he was so familiar with to bring in guys like Anthony Alfredo and like Josh Berry to help hone that development program and put some of these younger stars in the same in into a higher series. And this is exactly what RCR is doing as well. And it just kind of goes to show that we're in a very development oriented kind of time. Yes, we are. And we're going to talk more about development, I know, coming up later in this show. We need to slip away to a break right now, but on the other side, we will talk with the driver that has been the subject of a lot of this news over the past segment, Tanner Thorson. Coming up next here on Motorsports Madness, you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. We'll be right back. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their 
their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. I'm Kaz Grawlin, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker and Cisco Scaramuza as we continue to migrate through another night of Motorsports Madness. And we were talking about him in our last segment. We're bringing him on to the program right now, Tanner Thorson joins us on the Race Chaser Hotline to talk about 2018. Obviously, a big announcement over the weekend at PRI and a bit of a change in scenery for you, Tanner. First off, welcome back to the program. It's good to have you. And I think you caught a lot of people a little bit off guard when you announced at the PRI show on Friday that you're shifting over from Keith Coons Motorsports to drive the dueling Hayward 63 midget part-time in 2018. Talk a little bit about how everything came together for this to work for you to go drive for Joe Dueling and Brody Hayward because, like I said, it was a bit of a surprise, but this is also one of the most potent cars in USAC. It's kind of a surprise for everybody. You know, like I said in my interview after after that announcement was, you kind of got to change things up here and there. And um, that was kind of the view right there is I needed to change some stuff up and, and try something else out. And, you know, I was lucky enough to get with another great group of people with the, the Dueling Hayward, you know, RCR bunch. It's going to be a good deal next year and i'm really excited to to join them and i can't thank them guys enough for you know even giving me the option and opportunity in such last last minute Um, i'm just really excited about it what 
was the emotions for you obviously being a part of the Coons team, Keith's team, for as long as you were to to make that decision? You mentioned off the top that sometimes you have to make decisions to to kind of better your own situation, but it had to be tough, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, those guys over there at KKM, they, uh, they treated me well, and it was, you know, basically my family. You know, I grew up with them for the last five years, and in the shop every single week whether you know the first three years I was there I was just hanging out you know as a young kid and the last couple of years I was there actually working with them in the shop working on cars and on the trailers and stuff like that as well so it's definitely a hard decision you know and there's no hard feelings between me and them you know I'm like I said they're like family to me and you know I'm obviously want to go out there and beat them competition level is going to be really really high now and you know i i have no bad words to say about them and i respect them guys a ton for what they do and how they do things and i just like i said i got to try to change things up to try to better my career and see if we can go go good from there how quickly did things have to come together in order to make this possible for you to be able to run the 63 car or a dueling Hayward car for Chili Bowl? Because you mentioned over the weekend at PRI, this came together really fast. Yeah, it did. You know, I tweeted out there that I was supposed to run for them, and, you know, I was going to run Chili Bowl for them. And that's, you know, who I was going to run for. And it just so happened to work out where this whole deal with uh, dueling Hayward came together and, I know Rusty Coons is back at the shop probably right now, you know, in the shop working on our cars. He's he's our cars to put together and, and get ready for that night. They're re- ready for Chili Bowl, and now he's got to add one more, and he's basically a, a lone wolf out there. You know, he's working on all the cars by himself pretty much, and, you know, I'm actually going to head over there next couple of days to go help him try to finish some stuff up so it's not so hard on him. But, it yeah, it definitely happened pretty pretty fast can't thank them guys enough you know for making it happen that fast and i know in addition to what we're talking about with the midget deal you also have the opportunity and this actually got dropped a little bit after the dueling hayward portion of the announcement but you're going to have a winged sprint car ride in a handful of races for 2018 more centered around the west coast talk a little bit about that yeah i uh actually for Clyde Lamar in the 3C um, Tri-C Sprint Car out on the West Coast. He's, you know, he's been around for almost 52 years now, own, car owner, and uh, I think it's probably one of the longest car owners to be out there, and, you know, he came to me and wanted me to race for him. Um, I raced for him, actually, a non-wing race, two non-wing races out Calistoga during the Vermeil, I want to say in 2015, and ever since then, you know, him and my relationship kind of clicked, you know, just from him liking young drivers, and, and we just got along really well, and it just so happened to be, you know, my crew chief from back when I ran the 88 sprint car out there, Lee Lindgren, he's the head crew chief there, and, you know, we uh, our bond is pretty tight. You know, we start off, he was actually my first ever crew chief on a wing sprint car, and it just so happened that we clicked like, none other out there and we were winning races and running up front with the outlaws and so this package out there is going to be really really good you know we're uh, teaming up with uh, spike chassis and getting a bunch of new spike chassis underneath our cars and we've got a new truck and trailer and everything so we're uh we're looking pretty strong for that deal and you know i've got two really really solid deals going on 
for me, and I'm, you know, really, really excited about it. You're not a wing guy. People that know you don't really refer to you as a wing guy, but this is a form of racing that you really want to be more in tune with, and I've seen you in limited appearances in a wing car before, and you've done rather well. I mean, what for you is fun about the wing sprint car racing compared to what you might do in a midget or, you know, the non-wing stuff? You know, probably the speed that probably catches me so much about wanting to race wing cars is the speed and the technique of driving. It, I feel like it suits my driving style a lot more, actually, than, you know, even the midgets do. And I think a lot of that comes from me racing outlaw carts when I grew up, starting at four, you know, and going till I was 15. Um, I think that has a lot to do about it. And, uh, you know, I, ever, my first race, actually, I ran really, really well. And my fourth race, I ran second with the outlaws. And in my fifth race, I actually won. So I think that's just a you know, a lot to, to add to it as well. I like challenges. That's one thing I love about racing and stuff is new challenges and wing cars is actually a new challenge, you know, um, especially when I first started in teen and, you know, it was a new challenge and I, I tried my hardest to do the best I could and it just, everything started clicking really fast and it made me look like I've been racing wing cars for, you know, a couple of years or so. And I only have about 25 wing races told under my belt. So, uh, for Clyde to even, you know, give me the opportunity to go wing racing is, is pretty awesome. He's just seen my, my few races I ran out in California, and, you know, he, he wants me to race for him. So it's a pretty awesome feeling to have a couple car owners like Joe and, and Brody as well as Clyde, you know, just want me to race for them, and that's it's pretty awesome. We've seen you in the asphalt some too you ran a late model for bond sus and toyota a couple of times this year now with being with dueling hayward and an rcr tie-up i mean does this offer you a road back to that is that a road or something that you've considered down the line um i sure hope so you know like i said just a little bit ago is i I love new challenges and getting into a super late model everybody thinks it's easy and you know, when you come from dirt and you go to asphalt, they think it's easy, and I think that's not true in any way. You know, it's it's just hard. Actually, it's just a different type of driving style. You gotta you have to learn. And you know, I I ran my first I want to say yeah first three races with David Gillen in a super late model, and I didn't run outside the top ten. And I ran I think my best finish with Bond was second, and then you know I even ran the Arca Car for Venturini a couple times and. You know, we ran really, really well for Madison, and, you know, we led probably 55 laps up there and kind of got a little messed up on a tire strategy we got forced on, and we probably would end up winning the race if it wasn't for that last yellow with, I think, 10 to go or so. But uh, I've had a lot of success in, in on asphalt as far as, you know, just getting used to the cars and, and even finishing. So I, I really hope so. I'm looking forward to getting back on asphalt um so we'll, we'll see what happens you'll drive anything with four wheels and a motor basically right tanner i mean i you know we see you here at millbridge running the uh mini outlaw stuff i mean you yeah. just strike me as a driver who just loves to race and gosh we need tons of those in this sport so i think it's great i really enjoy watching you no matter what you're running because you always make it exciting you know i grew up running outlaw carts from the age of four to fifteen, and I still run them here and there. I just got 
back and raced up at Red Bluff, California a couple of weeks ago and, you know, ran second in my first year back there in almost three years now. So, you know, I'll, I'll race anything. It, it doesn't matter if it's got five horsepower or 900, you know. So that's one, you know, I, I grew up in a family that my dad loved NASCAR and, you know, we, my dad, my, none of my family actually raced. My brother was the closest thing to racing and I was on two wheels. So, I was the first one to really get in a car and actually race. So, you know, I'm trying to make it live and, and, and create a career out of it because I've been doing it since I was four years old and, and just love everything about it. Well, uh, that's evident to anybody who's watched you race and seen what you're able to do on track. And, Tanner, uh, I do want to give you a chance to uh, give a shout-out to some of the uh, people and partners that are uh, making it possible for you to make the change over. I know uh, Indiana Midget Week is going to happen for you with the Dueling Hayward Childress 63 car and possibility of some other things, and I know obviously that takes a lot of people and supporters behind you. Yeah, I just can't think, you know, like I said, Brody and, and Joe, um, enough for for all their you know hard work in trying to get me over to their camp just can't thank the whole richard childress crew mike dylan ty and austin dylan all of them you know I, I haven't spoke to them personally but i know they've been a big part of making things happen with with this dueling hayward uh, motorsports and you know i can't thank rusty coons as well you know he's really really excited to get to work with me and I'm excited to get to with this whole team and over at Chili Bowl, and we'll see what we can do. Thanks for the time tonight. We appreciate it, and I know the fans appreciate it, too. Uh, for anybody that's listening, how do they follow you on social media? Um, I have a Twitter. I have my personal Twitter, and then I have a racing Twitter. It's Tanner underscore Thorson, and then my uh, racing Twitter is Tanner Thorson Racing. And then I also have a website at uh, com. There's not much on it right now. It's all getting kind of refurbished and getting ready for this year so if you guys want to follow me those are the ways to do it and if you got any questions or anything go ahead and send some messages in and i'll be happy to respond well tanner uh, we're definitely again appreciative of your time and looking forward to uh, seeing you out here right after the new year at the chili bowl uh, best of luck and uh, we, again we look forward to seeing you here in about oh three four weeks or so yep thank you guys for having me on again and hopefully we'll talk to you here soon That is Tanner Thorson, and with that, we're going to step away to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more diverse racing with another pretty diverse young driver. Sound from Austin Sindrick after this on the Performance Motorsports Network. You're listening to Motorsports Madness. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. 
So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road... It becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Todd Gilliland, driver of number 16, Nap Auto Parts, Toyota Camry, and you're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You know, I was just thinking about this as we were coming back out of break, Tom, but that's the last time we get to use that version of the Todd Gilliland re-entry because as of this weekend's banquet and festivities down at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Todd Gilliland has said his last hurrah with Bill McAnally Racing because he's going to be moving on to bigger and we think better things for 2018, but you know, two championships in two years, not too shabby at all. No, not too shabby. And I hope he's going to move on to bigger and better things at this point. I mean, there's nothing left to do for him in K and N except collect more trophies. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting for Todd and it's going to be, he's going to have a long career in this sport. Let's be honest. And, I, I'm glad that's uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, kind of bumper music our esteemed engineers come up with when they uh, do the new reentry to see if it matches the one that uh, we had under this one. But yeah, certainly Todd, I think Todd and Harrison Burton both have proven their points in K&N and for them it's time to move on and do other things. It's just, um, you know, Harrison's not quite in the age situation that Todd is, so He's got to uh, basically run probably a tossed salad next year of different uh, race events and nothing for a championship. But I think 
I got a feeling I know where we're going to see Todd next year. We'll wait and see if it happens. I think we all have that same feeling, and it has to do with the truck team that he ran a handful of races for this season. Just saying. Anyway, while we're talking about trucks, let's shift back over to a teammate to one of the drivers we heard from earlier. We already talked about and heard from Chase Briscoe in the first hour of our program. I also got a chance over the weekend at the banquet, Tom, to talk with his BKR teammate this year, Austin Sindrick, who will continue to be Chase Briscoe's teammate next year, just in a slightly different capacity in a slightly different series because they will be two of the three drivers sharing the number 60 Ford at Roush Fenway Racing alongside Ty Majeski. It's a development team. And how many times have we said the word development tonight? Well, that's our drinking word for the night. But the thing that gets to me about this that's kind of amusing for me is if you look at these two drivers and just look at what they've done and what they're about to do, you look at Briscoe, and he came from dirt cars, sprint cars, that kind of thing. Now he's running stock cars, but then he's also going to run IMSA, and he's going to run some Trans Am stuff. Then there's Austin Sindrick, who started in Bandoleros and Legends. He's run, uh, what? He's run... Is it V8 supercars that he ran? Australian GT. GT, that's right. I knew he ran. Yeah, Australian GT. He's run ARCA. He's run... uh, How many different kinds of cars has he been in? I can't even keep track of them all. It seems like he's in something different. Yeah. Uh, You know, he's done some open wheel stuff. Global Rallycross. Global Rallycross. I knew I was trying to think of one of those series. I mean, if you take their resumes and just sort of combine them, there's probably seven, eight, nine different racing developmental series there that that have helped get them combined to this point and they're continuing to do diverse things as they go on i just think that uh this is really really cool stuff and they're two drivers who i think prove that any seat time is good seat time if it's in good equipment and you have the opportunity to learn and be competitive because Racing skill set is definitely racing skill set, no matter what it is you're doing or what part of the sport you're doing it in. Yes, it is. I even tried to get Austin to give up some secrets on 2018 outside of the Xfinity series, and he really wasn't willing to drop hammer and just let everything go quite yet i was a little i told him i said i'm a little disappointed and then he (laughs) looks at me and goes well here i'll give you this i might be running some ice racing before we get back going with this xfinity car and i looked at him and i said ice racing he says you heard me right ice racing and i've heard he may show back up at the uh, 12 hours of bathers too in that australian gt car this coming uh, january or february whenever that lands here before the nascar season gets going so i'm going to let you hear from austin sindrick now and press a button cuz this was kind of fun and there was also a lot of reflection because both chase and austin a big part of brad keslowski racing in their final season and he had a lot to say on that front too 
I still have to look up to him. That's not going to change anytime soon. Austin Sindrick, uh, it's been fun. I just talked to your teammate. Now I get to talk to you about some similar things because both of you get the opportunity to share uh, Roush Fenway's fame number 60 for a handful of races next year. It's another step for you. How excited are you? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a really fun program. Obviously, there's still more details to come out, but just like the article said, me, Chase, and Ty get to share, share a car for the whole season, and uh, that's an exciting opportunity exciting opportunity for me to for me to work with the guys over us work with Mike Kelly and look forward to getting started for you does it take a little pressure off now because this past season you were chasing points but most of your career you really haven't focused on chasing points you've just gone out run whatever car you could and gone for wins and you kind of get to get back to that philosophy a little bit now I mean you got to get the best out of the out of the car every weekend and that's that's what my job is as a race car driver so I don't see that changing whatever the scenario is whether if it's partial season full season whatever you got you got to give it your best and go for it reflect on your season a little bit. I mean, you guys were obviously the underdog in the championship four, but to do what you did and even to give BKR a shot at a championship in their final race, this was special all the way around. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was one restart that we needed uh, to get to get back up there. You know, it was uh, it was a fun ride doing, doing homestead experience and all that, going going to that place for the first time. And um, what, what a ride, what a, what a way to be able to end the season with Chase winning the race. Us, us racing for a championship, obviously we would have loved to win the championship. Um, our short run speed was awesome, but it was the year-long run speed throughout the throughout the whole weekend. Um, but hey, it's it's a great opportunity for me to be on that stage and obviously be be able to put on that, that kind of pressure and be able to still perform like that. This is the last night that you really get to represent the BKR brand before it fades away for a while. What has it meant to you, especially knowing that it's Brad's last season in ownership for the moment, to be able to be a part of it? It means it means the world to me. There's a lot more people than just me that's that's been a part of BKR. I'm, I'm been, me and Chase have just been a small part of, of what's going on, and obviously it's it's made a lot of careers for a lot of guys, not just on the track but off the track. So it's cool to be a piece of that and help to close that book. So outside of the Xfinity program, we know you're going to get a handful of races there. Uh, what else? What other cars are we probably going to see Austin Cindric in next year? Fast ones with four wheels and a lot of horsepower. For you, I don't think there would be anything else. What are you most looking forward to in the Xfinity car next year or transitioning into that from the trucks? Yeah, just applying what I've learned. I mean, the truck series this year was my first full season in stock car racing, so I've still got a lot to learn and a lot, a lot of places to grow, but um, it should be an exciting year, and hopefully I can learn just as much as I did this year more. Like I said, no trade secrets. I tried. <laughs> well, here's what's funny about this, and I actually Chase alluded to it earlier. When you think about this trio of drivers that's going to be running that 60 car for RFR next year, Ty Majeski is the veteran. He's never run a full season, but he's the most experienced out of the three in Xfinity because obviously the other two don't have any uh, Xfinity starts. So it's kind of funny to think about that, that Ty is going to get an opportunity to sort of be the uh mentor as much as he can for the other two guys um you know it's and that should be a fun group because all of those drivers are very very good kids and they're very skilled racers i mean i think all three of them will run just fine in the car we we've seen what ty can do in it um i don't see chase or 
Austin having any issues adapting to it. So again, I think this will be a, the 60 car, no matter who's in it, I think is going to be competitive each and every week in that series as much as, you know, the equipment will allow them to be. Um, I think that's going to be a team to watch next year. It just won't be for the driver's title because obviously there'll be multiple drivers. Oh, by the way, Cisco, we're calling Ty Majeski the veteran of this bunch, not only from an experience standpoint, but at the ripe old age of 23 and a half. <laughs> exactly. It feels like a parallel universe where if you're 23, you're older than most of the people you're working with from a developmental standpoint. <laughs> That's just it's just weird. Yeah, it's it's very different and this is this is NASCAR today and this is what we have and you know, to me it makes it fun. I mean, again, you know, the cynics are going to say negative things about it, but I don't think it's negative at all. I think the amount of young talent that we've got coming up through the pipeline in this sport is incredible. And I think what it says is that from a driving standpoint and a skill set standpoint, we're healthy for a long, long time to come. We just have to make the the business aspect of it work well and, uh, you know, fix a few things on on the uh, fan attendance and such side. But I I think the fans should rally around these kids because, I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen so much young talent all at the same time in the uh, regional touring series levels in the lower, you know, like the trucks and Xfinity cars. With that, we're going to step aside our lightning round. Oh, boy, is coming up after this. You never know what we're going to bring up there. Actually, I do know one thing, but I'm going to hold it under my hat for about three minutes. So the white flag comes out right after this. You're listening to Motorsports Madness here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. 
how to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is like so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the madness here on PMN. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and Cisco Scaramuza with you for one more tonight before we ride off into, I would normally say the sunset, but the sunset's way before we start our show now, so that doesn't quite work. Anyway, it is our lightning round where traditionally we hit on anything we haven't yet on this show or just have a little fun for about 15 minutes, and that's what we're going to do right now. I have a fill-in-the-blank to start this off, Tom, just because, number one, it made my eyes bug out of my head. Number two, it made me let out a very loud cheer in my living room this morning. The NASCAR K&N Pro Series West race at the Las Vegas Dirt Track is going to be blank. It's going to be busy. There will probably be 50 or 60 cars trying to qualify for this thing. And I think it's also going to be spectacular. This is something that I'd like to see more of. It doesn't cost the teams a lot more money to go do this, I wouldn't think, anyway. So why not take the K&M Pro Series East and the trucks and put them on the dirt track at Charlotte instead of running the trucks on the big track in May, let's do a dirt track race with those two divisions and really have some fun. I'd like to see a second dirt track truck race anyway, but I think it's a great idea. I love it. Cisco. The dirt track race is going to be Tom's Christmas present as far (laughs) as the news story goes, but no, the race itself is going to be, I think very telling of what we're going to see out of that series in the coming future, because We've talked about it time and time and again, where we have all these series between k East and West, ARCA, the Truck Series, you know, f- at least, you know, throw. I'd even throw in Peak Mexico or Pinties as well. All these series, which are all, you know, trying to get people into the Xfinity Series and into the Cup Series. How big is K&N going to reach out and try and grab drivers from other series to bring that in? How much of this is going to be dominated by regulars? I really don't know. This could be something like the Eldora race where we bring in some, you know, fan favorite drivers or dirt specialists. Or this could be something where we see the series regulars going out to try and prove themselves. I don't really know what it's going to look like yet, but it's going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. I think Bobby Pierce is probably already trying to find a ride. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Well, I think Bobby Pierce has got a lot to worry about with the fact that he took over the Dunn Benson late model that Earl Pearson drove for so many years uh, not too long ago. We really didn't even 
get to talk about that announcement on this show yet. Uh, we will uh, in our end-of-year wrap-up next week here on Motorsports Madness, but that was a huge news item not too long ago. Bobby Pierce uh, going away from his family car and going over to Rocket Chassis and Dunn-Benson Ford Motorsports for 2018, and that's going to be a pairing that I'm going to be super excited to watch in 2018. Now, my next point is kind of a speculative in a way, but we're all pretty sure it's going to happen, so I'm okay with going ahead and kind of throwing it out there. This is an over-under question. Over-under, Tom, on number of top fives John Hunter Nemechek will have in his Xfinity season next year. Well, I don't know how many races he's going to run, so you really can't necessarily create an, any kind of an accurate number, even in an over-under scenario. But I'm going to say that I believe that he'll come out of the box running in the top five in the Xfinity series and the races that he runs. I mean, I think he's got as much opportunity to run for wins in any races that he runs as Kyle Larson would in the car. I think that highly of John Hunter, and I think he's going to have a very quick transition. Just for the record, before I go to Cisco, I'm putting my over-under at four. Well, Just... I think that's that would be my under at least four. Really? Yeah. Okay, fair. Cisco. I will say that a third of however many races that he runs in, those will be top tens. And I'd say a quarter of them are going to be top fives. Fair enough. Cisco because good this at could numbers. shift between how many races he runs and, you know, what kind of equipment he has. But I have a feeling that a third of those races, maybe even two thirds, he'll get top tens. And at least a quarter of them, he's going to get top five. So I think he's going to be very strong. I think you guys are way underestimating this. I, if he gets, I'm, I'll say this, if he gets a dozen races or more. I believe he wins at least one, if not whoa, multiple. Whoa, whoa, wow. Tom wow. throwing out the W word. Wow. You heard it here first. <laughs> that was my line earlier He's a winner. Tonight. That's what winners do. <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay. So next question here, and it's I guess it's a speculative. Where does Brennan Poole end up? In 2018, we know the rumors. The rumors say RCR 27. Are you buying that, or are you selling it and saying he's going somewhere else, Tom? Well, I'm buying it, provided that DC Solar actually wants to go cup. I don't know that we really know what DC Solar is doing or what that situation is because we did hear those rumors and we've kind of heard them a couple of different times in a couple of different ways. But at the same time, we haven't really heard from Brennan Poole. So Just, I, let's truth be told, by the way, I did try to track Brennan down at the banquet on Saturday night and he was very evasive. I saw him one time and could never even get close to him to ask the question. Yeah, which which either means there's nothing going on and he doesn't want to talk about it, or <laughs> he's within days of signing a contract and doesn't want to talk about it or be, be cornered. So I don't think we really know what that situation is. We can only hope, because I like Brendan, and you know what? If he gets an opportunity to go cup racing, then good for him, and I think he'll be just fine. Cisco, buying it or selling it? Yes, I'll buy it. 
I'll, was... I'll just buy it because it all just seems to fit a little too well. So you know what? I'll say I'm buying it. Everything looks like that it points to this. It seems like it's not confirmed, but I feel like it almost has to be just because of how well this lines up, Tom. And the price tag is going to go up, though, for DC Solar. Yes. I mean, I I think that's going to be the key here. If DC Solar is willing to step up enough in their sponsorship, then yes, I'm sure the 27 could be an option. But even if not, there are probably some other cars out there on the cup side that could be options. They just wouldn't be as strong as the uh, Childress car, Cisco. Do we know what the plans for the 13 are yet? Yeah, Ty well, Dillon. Yeah, Dill oh, yeah, okay. I'm thinking of maybe one of the front row cars because we have not heard a thing. Oh, yeah, that's true. About, you know, officially about where that's uh, all going. Yeah, there was a report that Michael McDowell was confirmed to a front row car, but I've not seen any official press release from front Nor row. Nor have I, and that. I'm not sure if, even if have they confirmed even David Reagan next year. No, not yeah, yet. So they seem to be in a position of kind of waiting to see what some other teams do, I think. It's kind of interesting. To throw another one out there in terms of seeing what other teams do, this from about an hour ago. I wondered if you were going to get to this. Yes, I am getting to this. An announcement expected as early as tomorrow, reported by Lee Spencer, that Kurt Busch will sign a one-year extension to remain at Stuart Haas Racing. I'm not even going to put it in the buying or selling category because we've been expecting this for about two months. I think the bigger surprise is, Tom, that it took this long to get done. Well, yeah, and I'm sure Matt Kenseth just probably threw something. And, again, this is a piece that makes sense because the one-year deal, you're assuming that by the end of next year, Cole Custer is ready to slide right on up to the Cup Series and replace Kurt Busch, and either Kurt retires or goes somewhere else. That's kind of looking at what appears to be ahead there, so it makes sense it only be a one-year deal, and you're right. I'm very surprised, Cisco, that it took this long to get this done if this was what both sides wanted. Yeah, this is, it seems like a case of either A, somebody was procrastinating doing the paperwork and didn't want to actually get, <laughs> get like a suit on to actually Yeah, I'll get thing. to that later. Or B, there was some sort of clause or a little piece of text that they weren't terribly, like that both like parties maybe the dollar sure sign of. maybe? Maybe you know, I, don't, I don't know. It just seems it, it seem seems like odd that it took this long. It's it's so odd considering that you know Bush he won the Daytona 500 <laughs> this year. I yeah. mean the the biggest race on the entire calendar and he won it and it took him how much? He's long? not Two, washed three up. Months to get this signed. He can still really? run for a championship. Final couple of minutes here, guys, and I have one more lightning round question pertaining to Saturday night's banquet and the two drivers that were honored as the champions because there was a common theme for both Christopher Bell and William Byron Last Saturday names night. Last begin with B. Well, okay, two common themes. <laughs> Last names that begin with B and nerves in speech writing for 500. Alex, uh, both of them said that one of the hardest things for them was giving the actual speech. 
Now, driving the race car was not the hard part. Both of them did that exceptionally well, and I think we both expect that uh, Christopher Bell and William Byron, or we all expect that Christopher Bell and William Byron will eventually race each other in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. My final lightning round question, Tom, is which one of them wins a cup championship first? I don't know how to answer that because I don't even know when Chris Bell is going to make it to the Cup Series. So it's a little hard to project that. I will say this. I fully expect William Byron to not only win at least one race, if not more, in 2018, but I do expect him to end up in the playoffs. Of course, if I'm saying he's going to win, he's going to be in there. And I think he could very well contend for a championship in this first year out of the box. I think William is that talented. So... I think right now I'd have to say William Byron, but, you know, we don't know how quickly Christopher Bell's going to escalate into the Cup Series. If he escalates, it's either going to mean that we get an ex- re-expansion of Furniture Row or Denny Hamlin ought to be really concerned at this point. Tom did a really good job of avoiding the main answer of my question, much like a politician. Well, no, I said based now, I say Byron, because we don't know when Bell's going to be there. Okay, fair enough. Cisco, are you going to get off the fence and and make it a little easier and not hem and haw about it for a minute like Tom did? C, Kyle Larson. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good, Cisco. I like that. That was actually really good, and I should have expected something like that. But, you know, this is what happens when you get close to the end of a show, which we're up against the end of right now. Checkered flag is waving, and we need to roll the heck on out of here. It has been fun, though. Special thanks to Tanner Thorson for joining us live tonight, as well as to Chase Briscoe and Austin Sindrick for their time talking with PMN over this past weekend. We also want to thank Mike Garrity, Megan Coleman, our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Susan Mason, and the staff at PMN that helps us continue to make this show possible. For Tom Baker and Cisco Scaramuza, I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it tuned to RaceChaserOnline.com where we give you your motorsports your way and we've got a whole bunch more unique content upcoming throughout the next few weeks we'll be back next monday at 7 p.m eastern for another round of motorsports madness keep it off the wall and have a safe racing weekend folks till we meet again you've been listening to motorsports madness with the race chaser online crew stay tuned to performance motorsports network for more race talk for the latest motorsports news visit racechaseronline.com Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.